You're listening to the Community Call Podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. on Anchor.fm. Hello, welcome to the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for another rousing episode of the Community Call Podcast. And as we come back to you, we want to continue to remember the life and legacy of Rep. John Lewis. And I'll tell you one thing, we got an opportunity to witness him uh, do the, do a ceremonial goodbye to all of us. The one thing that sticks out in my mind as we come to you tonight is the ride across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. One last time, he is now lying in state at the Capitol at the Capitol Rotunda in Atlanta, Georgia. And President Barack Obama is going to do the eulogy for Representative John Lewis. We have lost a sounding board again, everyone in the our community is saddened by this great loss of John Lewis and others who have passed this year from the civil rights movement. And I tell you, we are thinking of the Lewis family as we come on air tonight. We're thinking of all the people that John Lewis has touched, his colleagues in Congress and everyone that's involved. Um, we want to extend our heartfelt uh, sympathies to everyone whose life John Lewis has touched and and here forward. Also, we want to welcome those who may be listening elsewhere across the world. We want to welcome you to the Community Call podcast. We also want to extend everybody an opportunity to come on the show and share your thoughts with us tonight. You can call into the show, everyone, and speak with the, with the panel members, myself tonight. Uh, you can call in. The number is one 605-562-0444. And our show ID is 876-7931. And the PIN number is 195-3951 if you want to join us live on the community call tonight. Uh, we want to start out the show with some top stories. And our top stories start out. Um, uh, Vice President Joe Biden is going to do a VP pick, folks. And I'll tell you one thing, he's been very quiet about who's going to be that, who's going to be his running mate. Uh, Joe Biden is uncharacteristically tight-lipped on Tuesday about the final stretch of his search for a vice president. But the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee seemed prepared to talk about at least one leading contender, and that's California Senator uh, Kamala Harris. As he took questions from reporters, Biden held notes that were photographed by an Associated Press journalist. Harris' name was scrolled across the top, followed by talking points. Uh, Don't hold grudges, campaign with me and Jill. Talented, uh, great help to the campaign, great respect for her. And that was one, that was scrolled across the notes of of Vice President Joe Biden, folks. And uh, very interesting how this is going down. Um, one, One other thing that I wanna say to you guys is that uh, I think this thing is going to happen. It's a possibility that may happen. Also, we had an opportunity this week to witness the 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 Attorney General Bill Barr um, at the at the at Congress for his hearing, and it says Attorney General uh, William Barr made a defiant appearance before the House Committee, rejecting claims that he improperly in, interfered with the prosecutorial direct decision-making process in a, to benefit the president. Allies in defending the deployment of militarized, militarized federal agents to cities against the wishes of local leaders. 
He also came under fire for his handling of the Mueller report, plus cases against Trump and his associates, Mike Flynn and Roger Stone, and his involvement in the firing of top federal prosecutor overseeing cases against other Trump associates. And this information came from the Associated uh, came from the Huffington Post. And I'll tell you what, folks, if you guys hadn't had an opportunity to listen through some of the congressional hearings with the attorney general. I mean, he had some stern questions coming from the committee members. And also we had some rancor going on between the, the committee members of Republicans and the ones on the committee, at least who were trying to help Bill Barr doing this entire, entire testimony. I'll tell you what, um, it seems to me the attorney general has his hands full answering questions that, that are very poignant, especially when it comes to the, to these mil militarized elements of the federal government that's in Portland, Oregon right now, uh, trying to stamp down these protesters, and the protesters have a right to protest. And we we want our understanding to be why these why these militarized federal agents are in Portland in the first place, and, uh, and other than trying to squelch down the the, the the rioters or or the protesters as 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 they were saying during the hearings. I'm concerned very greatly about this, folks. We've been hearing. A lot of this stuff that has been coming across the airways in regards to what was going on in Portland, Oregon. And I'll tell you what, there was a ton of posts coming from everyone uh, this week and, and this past week in regards to what was happening with with the with the militarized federal agents in Portland. And I was very concerned about it, too. A lot of people have been sharing their thoughts and, and, and their concerns in that regard regarding the these militarized units being in Portland. Um, also, we, we are very concerned with why these elements uh, are going to be sent to other cities, as the president has promised. He's going to send other elements to, to, to cities and try to squelch violence in those cities. Remember, the president said he is a law and, a law and order president, and that is the gist of why he's doing this. Now, I'm concerned with the fact that uh, we do may have some things out of hand, but there's something very wrong with this and in so many in so many ways, everyone. And I tell you what, uh, it, it is very it, we are we are on very, very, very dangerous ground when it comes to stuff like this. And the first thing that comes to mind is, is are we are we have are we on the road to dictatorship? And that's something that everyone will say no to. Um, also, what happened doing this in, in this situation that one of the Philadelphia's top prosecutors is prepared to arrest these federal agents if they come to Philadelphia. Uh, a very interesting uh, uh, mindset of what's going to happen with this. Um, I think I think this whole this whole entire thing is on 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 par to cause even more conflict uh, once these things once this thing go down. Uh, it's very interesting how it goes. Um, I also want to. As we continue on with our top stories, we want to talk about the coronavirus. Everyone, yes, we got to talk about the coronavirus. Um, six states break records for the coronavirus and deaths. We have top 150,000 deaths in America, everyone, with the coronavirus. Sad, 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 150,000 families affected by the coronavirus. United States in the South, the West, reported new one-day records for the coronavirus deaths and cases in Texas has passed to the 400,000 mark. As California health officials said, the Latinos 
made up more than half of the, of its cases. Arkansas, California, Florida, Montana, Oregon, and Texas each reported record spikes and fatalities. In the United States, more than 1,300 lives were lost on Tuesday, the biggest one-day increase since May. And this came from Reuters, everyone. Dr. Fauci said we were going to be headed down this road already. And uh, as we were coming on air, everyone, we want to share this in regards to Dr. Fauci and what's been going on, the contentious attitude that's going on with Dr. Fauci and the Trump administration. Hey, what? This thing is really getting under my skin. They refuse to listen to professionals on any regards when it comes to this COVID-19. I just don't get it. Okay, I don't know about you guys. I just don't get this attitude that these folks have when it comes to the coronavirus. Okay, and we got to we got to come together in order to decrease the spread and make sure we keep some healthy people who are going to be working in these environments. We have to do what we have to do. And when it comes to this, um, Fauci responds to the Trump tweet claiming he misled the public. Dr. Fauci. The nation's leading expert on infectious diseases denied misleading the public under any circumstances after Trump retreated. He claimed that he had done so. Fauci appeared on ABC's Good Morning America and was confronted with Trump's apparent endorsement of criticism of his failure to endorse the anti-malaria drug hydrochloroquine, folks. That mysterious medicine is back in the headlines. <sighs> Of the coronavirus treatment, Trump has repeatedly touted, trouted this drug, trouted, I'm saying, <laughs> uh, and claims to be taking it himself. All those studies suggest that it's ineffective and has potentially a serious side effect. Yes, folks, that's what it says here, has serious side effects. Also, we want to talk about, uh, in, in, uh, as we said at the top of the show, Joe Biden is going to pick a vice presidential running mate next week and he's he's been making a long awaited announcement for next week of of naming who's going to be the running mate on his presidential ticket he he will head after detailing in Wilmington Delaware his plans to combat racial inequality the presumptive nominee told reporters he is going to have a choice the first week in August well he well Mr. Biden, we got to get on the plan then. And I promise I'll let you guys know when I do so. Senator Kamala Harris of California and Elizabeth Warren are the and Tammy Duckworth of Illinois are amongst those reported on the Biden shortlist to be vice presidential candidates. Also from the news, we want to continue to share with you a video has showed up of NYC police. Uh, pulling a protester into an unmarked van. Oh boy, this, this don't bode well already. Listen, the New York City Police Department has come under scrutiny after videos showed an officer pulling a protester into an unmarked van during a demonstration Tuesday in Manhattan against racism and police brutality. The Gothamist citing the protester, uh, a friend's identified her as a 18 year old transgender woman. Videos shared on, on social media show the demonstrator being restrained by several NYPD officers before being pulled into the van. 
They grabbed her like she was a rag doll, a witness said, and they had her arms and her neck, and then they drove off. This ain't good. I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you, folks. This this just ain't good. We 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 do better. We 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 can do better in America, can't we? We can do better. We can conduct ourselves better in America than this. Let's do this, folks. We're gonna continue on with the show. We have our our senior panelist Michael in with us tonight. We're gonna bring him into the show. Uh, and I tell you what, the voice of the people's ready to talk a little bit. I'm ready to talk a little bit tonight as well. How you feeling, my friend? We we're we're back. What's on your mind? I know you heard that you heard the story about the protester being pulled in a van in NYC here. How you feel about that? Sounds like the copycat of the so-called federal police that was in Portland doing the same godforsaken stuff. Yes, and it's it, it is so disturbing, and it goes totally against the police reforms that was pledged by Mayor de Blasio, and he still is for police reform and equality, and even the police commissioner, Dermot Shea, who has found himself, particularly between a rock and a hard place, going back and forth between um, addressing the concerns of the people that are being harassed by police, and addressing the concerns of the police that are being attacked by extremists who apparently have been found time and time again to be largely um, right-wingers who want to antagonize them and falsely point fingers at the peaceful protesters. Granted, there have been people on the left that have crossed the line, and that was only out of anger Maybe fear, but as a statement of that we've had it up to here with you guys. And there's some people just don't give a hoot anymore, especially after 25 or 30 years of the same godforsaken abuse and non-accountability. Uh, I, I just keep stressing that, you know, violence is not the answer. And somehow it's just to a backfire. People want to take matters into their own hands. And, you know, people are at a point that, you know, they pretty much had it up to here. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. also, I also Go got ahead. to give a follow-up report of uh, what we discussed last week, if you remember, Murray. Yes, I do. I do. We want to talk about what happened to Black Mo- Black Lives Mural being defaced um, down in downtown Manhattan, where or directly across from the Trump Tower. And you were talking it's to... In front of it. You were talking with the with the police officer who who was down there doing this episode of what was going on, and you wanted to come back and fill in and tell us what was what 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 was the situation. So continue on with that, Michael. What happened? Well, when I went down there last Saturday, ironically, there was a demonstration going on with a group of peaceful protesters, once again voicing criticism against Trump and warning people of pretty much the same things that you were just warning, uh, Murray, regarding Trump tactics moving towards authoritarianism, that this was absolute criminal, absolute terrorism. Not a single court would legitimately uphold this kind of tactic. And it's just, once again, Trump trying to push the buttons 
on the courts and leaned on a scale of justice, he calls himself law and order. But as we will discuss later on, we had some brilliant, he had some brilliant um, representatives that grilled Bill Barr on this um, subject. But what, when I went down there, I happened to um, approach one of the police officers. He was Caucasian, very nice guy. Right? Mm-hmm. I got his name and his badge number, which for the record, ladies and gentlemen, I um, forwarded that info to Murray um, and him and him alone just to keep the um, confidentiality of this particular police officer um, just in case, you know, he probably was doing the right thing. I don't want any kind of problems leveled against him. But um, when I first approached him, I said, you know, how's it going? And he says, it's going fine. You know, it's a friendly conversation. I said to him that, gosh, you guys must be sweltering in the uniforms that you're wearing. They're wearing dark-colored uniforms. If You may think it's black, but with the sun shining on it, it appears to be navy blue, which is very dark. And I said to him that I remember back in the day during the summer when they had lighter blue-colored um, uniform shirts. And he says, yeah, he remembers. But what happened was, given how hot um, the weather can be sometimes, those shirts were always showing a lot of sweat stains, which hence um, caused the police agency to be in dark colors at all times so such things wouldn't show. So after gaining, um, you know, some two-way peace going on here, I asked him, you know, out of curiosity, in regards to this, and I pointed to the Black Lives Matter mural, which was a little bit messed up, but it was restored to the best of people's ability. And then I pointed to Trump Tower, I said, and in regards to that, so first I pointed to the mural, and then I pointed to the Trump Tower building. I asked him, is there a round-the-clock uh, patrol going on 24-7, you know, given how the bites of everything is, just to make sure everything stays cool on both sides, if you know what I mean? And he says, yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> and he says, oh, yeah, there is a round-the-clock there's always patrol here, given the um, the dynamics of what has been happening. He did say there have been some people that have slipped through the cracks, but nonetheless, that um, there is 24-7 patrol on that block to benefit both sides, if you want to look at that. Quite frankly, Murray, that was the answer that I was hoping and thinking and expecting. Because assuming that this officer was being, you know, straightforward and honest, and we always yeah. said if we have good police officers on the force, they are That's honest, true. they are sticking to the truth. Um, he just opened up uh, a can of worms on the NYPD who still remain negatively influenced by their police union heads that are absolute racist and corrupt. And I've mentioned their names before, the Patrick Lynch and Ed Mullins. Mm -hmm. The problem here is if 
there is 24-7 patrol, then NYPD needs to explain how in the world they had two mm-hmm. vandals mess up the Black Lives Matter murals. This was a city-ordained, mandated mural painted in front of Trump Tower on the city street, Fifth Avenue, between 56th and 57th Streets. Yes. That was not to be messed up. You had one white guy throwing red paint on there. He was on video, and he's waltzing around like he can't be touched. You had another person that looked identical to those right-wing extremist organizations, the Antifa, that were in disguise, the same ones that were committing vandalism and rioting, disrupting peaceful protesting, um, in the George Floyd Black Lives Matter pure peaceful protests. And, of course, we've seen a couple of them unmasked and found to be white and part of a right-wing organization. So now you got two vandals that are still on the loose. The third so incident... So, so you try... Incident, I'm, I'm just... I'm sorry? I was going to ask you, Michael, these these individuals are still haven't been apprehended at all. So that's right. What what is as you, as going into this now? Before you before you finish, mm-hmm. what is your what is your feeling in in regards to? Um, do you think that there's there's some um, favoritism going on because the police hasn't apprehended these individuals, or how do you feel in regards to? Uh, what the what law enforcement is doing? Obviously, they were defacing city property, and uh, anybody else would have been arrested. Why these individuals hadn't been arrested yet? So that's the question. It's funny you should ask that question because I was about to answer that question as I was explaining about the third incident. The third incident had two African American women defacing the mural for their own reasons, and they feel that the words don't matter, it doesn't change or stop the injustice that's going on. So they had their reasons that are unlike the right-wing reasons of hate. But so ironically, they were arrested and apprehended. And so you have to wonder, what the heck is going on and what is the game plan? What is the message? the black if the mural is defaced or vandalized by right wingers, by white people and they're a pro Trump, leave them be they're doing Trump and doing us a favor. Us like if this was Pat Lynch or Ed Mullins, the police union head speaking, you know, to that degree, so to speak. But mm-hmm. if it's African Americans like these two girls um committing the vandalism arrest them and make ourselves look good and sh- and prove to them like, yes, we're trying to preserve the murals and everybody's free speech and blah, blah, blah. But I'm the first person to be like, don't blow smoke up my you know what, because if you were there 24 seven, you should have put a stop to the first vandal to begin with, which they did not. And they did not do the same with the second. So, now, if the right ears are listening to this podcast, and I will press further on um, some of my local stations here in New York City, 
especially on places like Sirius XM on the matter. And I did that the other day with uh, one gentleman on his show, and he confirmed exactly um, what my findings were and in terms of the location of the mural. And he was kind of shocked at how things were going on. The thing is, I hope the correct ears are listening. So some of these police officers, uh, police union heads, or whoever the case may be, may be brought to city council, may be brought to the U.S. Congress and the House of Representatives for that matter. There could Mm -hmm. be additional hearings going on as to the racial divide and the perpetrated um, hatred and divisiveness going on from um, certain police officers that are misusing their positions to support Trump. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Trump is the one that calls for police abuse and brutality all throughout the nation as as early as, what, two or three years ago at that yeah. Uh, police convention in Long Island in Nassau County, and now we're seeing more with um, what's going on here with this so-called federal police. He calls himself law and order, but has a hard time following law and order when it comes to courts putting him in check regarding the Constitution, and when he has his tweets inciting unlawful, unconstitutional actions amongst his base. And I'm sure we're going we'll be talking about that more when we speak about the um the grilling of um Bill Barr, which I like to call Bar and Grill. Not to be confused with some people's favorite recreational place to go get a beer and a hamburger. Well, this is the thing we're gonna since you brought it up, we might as well go there. And let's talk about what happened with Bill Barr. And uh, folks, we we've been following these stories very closely here on the show. And uh, I I were I was letting the guys know um, or earlier this week that we were we were in for something when it came to the to the to this hearing, Michael. And and what a display of of how to avoid answering questions or simply yeah. not, simply not telling the truth. And you guys know how I feel about when it comes to these committee hearings where when the person comes in and they choose to take the fifth or not answer the questions. We're talking about the attorney general who did not directly answer questions. Now, one thing that that stuck out in this entire time, everyone, was the simple. I'm sorry. We should also note that not only did he refuse to answer questions, but he certainly. trying to engage and being very combative with those that are questioning him. Like he wanted to run the floor and that was not going to happen. Well, they made sure that they kept order, which the attorney general knows that there's a possibility that he may be impeached. So there, that, that, that angst was there. You could tell in his disposition that he felt like he was being um, tarred and feathered during the whole, during the whole time in, in this hearing. My thing is there's some pertinent things that were being asked and we all wanted to know the truth. I don't think the attorney general gave us the answers to the questions that were that were being posed to him, especially when it comes to these federal agents that are in Portland, Oregon, with no 
identification of who they were and what they were doing in important Oregon, other than grabbing and snatching up protesters and putting them in unmarked vehicles and hauling these individuals out of there. Nobody knew where these individuals were going or anything like that. I was disturbed by this situation. The question was posed to him um, about about law enforcement being in Portland, Oregon, and potentially going to other cities where violence is, was, is up in these cities like Chicago and Detroit and Philadelphia and other places where the president wants to send these these unnamed federal agents into into these places to squash down violence or whatever whatever their mission is because none of this has been explained to us into into the public and I think everybody has a right to know why we have these federal agents in cities like this with without the decals without any identification um, they are heavily armed they are heavily protected. Um, they have a they have a specific mission. I think I think the president should come to the American people and explain why we have these federal agents in unmarked and uh, 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 identification in these locations and not describe why or what the nature of what they're doing there, Michael. And, and I do agree with you that it was a bar and grill type of atmosphere. Yes, it was. Um, one thing that we we all I wish the legal eagle was here with us tonight to kind of give us a surmise of his opinion of what happened with this hearing with Bill Barr. Um, one thing that came in into the question also during the hearing was Roger Stone uh, and 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 uh, uh, the rest of the president's associates. Uh, uh, Michael Flynn's name came up a couple of times during the hearing, and I tell you, we we saw we saw clearly everyone. That the attorney general was not going to stand and get uh, get uh, get hammered with these questions, and that every time he got asked questions, he decided to deflect. Michael, what's your opinion of the situation with the attorney general? He did he, he spent a lot of time deflecting. I think. How about you? Not just deflecting, but being very combative and trying to talk down to these reps who were not about to have any of that. Even one rep says, look, you know, I'm on the time, I'm on the time frame right here, and I'm starting to lose my patience with you. She start, she went straight forth telling Bill Barr in so many words, you are ticking me off, you know, in, in, the, in the more social text. But she made clear that he, she was really getting upset at him. Yeah. And 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 the, and the thing is, is that this was the same rep, I believe, because I was only listening to excerpts of it from the radio, and my chief, I was unfortunately nowhere near a television to possibly look at it online, unless I could find a stream to it and then look at it after our podcast. But Folks, you can always, she, Michael, you can always go to C-SPAN to check this out because everything is, mm-hmm. all, all the all the uh, public hearings, like uh, the House hearings and, and, and Senate hearings are on C-SPAN. So you can go to C-SPAN and check out these, check out the, the recorded hearings great. and go back and review. Um, but before you come back, I want to, one of the things I want to touch on, everyone, is now Michael and myself and others have been posting in, in the group pages in regards to some of these events that have been going on. Um, and um, I, w- I want to encourage everyone to go to Point of Concern on Facebook or the Sky Shout Radio podcast group pages and check out the information that's being shared 
uh, because we're trying to make sure everyone understands some of these articles are not what you think. And some of the articles are based on opinion. And what when we do our commentary, it's our opinion based on what we have researched. And I'm pretty sure Michael will agree with me on this because he does a lot of research for us. I do a lot of research myself. And we want to make sure you guys understand that we're bringing you our integrity uh, um, to the show when we when we air these. We want to make sure you understand that we are giving you truth and honesty in our opinions based on the information that we have before us. Go ahead, Michael, with your comment. Yes, so the particular, the rep in question, I love how she hammered Bill Barr, and it seemed like she was hammering, hammering not just Barr, but Trump as well. The two of them seemed to be partners in crime rather than a president and attorney general, and the attorney general is supposed to be the lawyer for the people, the lawyer on the side of not just law and order, but law and order in terms of the Constitution. We're not seeing that here with Barr, but rather Barr is um, acting on behalf of Trump. And as you have pointed out, Murray, that pretty much being Trump's puppet and Trump acting like I am the sole arbitrator of law and order something to that decree. But this particular rep was um, hammering Bill Barr as to how in the world you have these so-called secret police going into Portland, grabbing peaceful protesters off the streets and hauling them out to God knows where. There was no probable cause for that. There was no evidence of them committing any crimes or vandalism that Trump wants to spew out so falsely. No, the only thing they were mentioning was things that are critical of this administration that happen to be truthful, but which this administration doesn't like. So it was a blatant attempt of censorship, but since Mr. Trump wants to be so law and order, the same rep pointed out that it was just a month or two ago where Trump tweets to his base, liberate Michigan, liberate another U.S. location that was um, led by a Democratic mayor or a Democratic governor, inciting yeah. violence, invoking the Second Amendment to where his base not only stormed the Michigan state capitol, challenging and provoking and antagonizing Michigan State Police there, these protesters came in armed and dangerous and violent, carry AK-15 um, rifles, I think I called them correctly. And AK-15? AR-15. You said AR-15. AR. Is- I couldn't remember. It's AR or AK-15. AR-15. AR-15. That is the rifle that they carry. Thank you. Thank you. They're they're still deadly. Let's let's make no mistake about that. But even those same white, racist, right-wing supporters of Trump yelling death threats towards the Michigan governor, um, Gretchen, oh, gosh, I forgot her last name, but the governor of, the female governor of Michigan, and after all that was said and done, Trump was tweeting praise 
to his base for engaging in such unlawful, unconstitutional, and quite frankly, criminal and terrorizing behavior. And you call yourself law and order? Cut the nonsense already. Come on. Enough is enough. And the rep was, whoo, whoa, she she came this close to losing it from what I'm hearing on the radio. I probably would have lost it myself long ago, Murray, and ladies and gentlemen, if I was in her shoes. But she held it together, but she was not being no pushover, and she was giving the tone of voice, let's cut the nonsense already. Yeah, it's pretty much intensive. Um, this was a very, very different hearing for me, Michael, cause, because it was contentious with um, especially with the attorney general deflecting most of the answers that he was giving out. Um, a lot of people say that he, he performed well under pressure. Um, but I, my thing was he performed the way he was told to perform um, based on what was before him. Um, the other thing that was disturbing to me, everyone, and we did some, we did see some heated ex- exchanges between the attorney general and some of the some of the members uh, of the Judiciary Committee who was asking the questions. And uh, it just lets me know that there's there was some uh, a lot of unanswered questions that came out of this hearing. Maybe they gave that maybe the attorney general gave some things up. I seriously doubt it. There was nothing that was going on in this exchange other than I'm not going to answer these questions because I'm the attorney general. I still have to answer to the president, who is the number one law enforcement officer. At least that's what he says, that he's the number one law enforcement officer, folks. Now, let's talk about this question before before we go forward. And and I want I want everybody to know that it is very important that you go back to C-SPAN and listen to at least 30 minutes of the exchanges that were going on between the attorney general and the House Judiciary Committee members, because you're going to get some nuggets when it comes down to, to when it's, when it comes down to picking a president, you find out what president, what type president you have based on what type attorney general he picks. And so these are some things, these are some little things that we can do as voters to help us decide how we want the nation's law enforcement apparatus to run, Michael, because we don't want it to be what it is that is existing now. There, yes, there needs to be reform in law enforcement. Um, there has to, and and there no every every person that works in law enforcement does not have a bad attitude or a or or they willing to treat people bad. These these people are good people. They want to they want to prosecute the law the way they learned it. And it's our job as citizens to call out the bad ones and replace them with good ones. Um, and also, as citizens, we have to call out the bad ones. Make sure that there, there are, there are, there are things in place where the bad apples don't move over to other places of law enforcement and do the same thing they were they were doing when they were moved when they were removed from an organization. So we have to be on our on our toes when it comes to this. Let's get back to the one thing that Michael. Um, spoke about tonight in regards to taking the time to speak with people in law enforcement and have a casual conversation and just find out where they are uh, at this at this time frame in America. 
Um, right now, law enforcement is the focal point of what's going on in the nation right now. And so having a casual conversation, I think, is a bonus for us here on the show because you actually get to come back and share some of the feedback that you receive from them when you spoke. And that's that's big for us. And it's big for you guys because you get to understand that we are on the ground and we do we do bring you this information once we receive it. That's a good thing. The other thing, too, that that's striking this evening, Michael, too, um, was how the president is continuing his uh, uh, continued attacks against Dr. Fauci at the CDC and everything that has been going on with this. Uh, and the, doc, the Dr. Fauci responded to, to the president's tweets. Folks, he's on he's in my Twitter Twitter feed. Yes. For some reason, I'm following Donald Trump. Uh, yes, and, and and inside my Twitter feed, the president had a whole slew of tweets. I hadn't had an opportunity to finish reading up all of them, but there's a bunch of them this morning. And the one thing that keeps coming up is Dr. Fauci's name and his his and and how the president continues to try to go after Dr. Fauci's credibility, which is the wrong thing to do. He's the person trying to help heal this nation. That'll be the last thing Murray would do is go after the, the doctor that's taking care of me. That would be bad, don't you think? Um, speaking of the coronavirus, we want to just share with everybody the, some of the latest numbers. Okay, first, we're going to talk about the numbers in the country. Um, right now, as of yesterday, we had plus 61,738 cases, new cases. As as a total for the entire country, 4,351,997 total cases in the country. That's a lot. Also, from the news from the coronavirus, it says the U.S. has surpassed 150,000 deaths from COVID-19 as Florida and California reported daily records of fatalities. Masks are being required to be worn in the House of Representatives on the floor. If you're going to speak, you're going to have to have the mask on before you take the floor, according according to the speaker. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says, after members tested positive for COVID-19, you will now wear a mask. And uh, also, the Federal Reserve, Reserve has extended the emergency lending programs until the end of the year in, to support the economy. Okay, so that was a very important move by them. Now, we, we've, been, we've been going through these moments where, where everybody's having to adapt and adjust. Also, we want to bring to you tonight the news of children returning to schools across the country. There's a lot of protesting going on with teachers who are saying we need not to go back to school. We can continue with schooling via remote learning. People are having to choose whether they want to go to school or not go to school. That that part is coming up too, Michael. How do you feel about the kids going back to school? I don't like it one bit, and the idea of children learning remotely from home, that's probably the safest way they can go about these days, especially when you have a hateful, violent, inciting idiot who is currently in the White House who's a criminal and a terrorist. Yes, Michael is calling Donald J. Trump a criminal and a terrorist and was largely responsible for the thousands of loss of innocent lives from this pandemic and prior to the pandemic with the ongoing gun massacres, gun violence, 
that was affecting the schools, people that are being bullied in schools because they were following Trump, people t- grabbing guns and taking them into schools and starting a, um, mass shootings because they were following Trump, because they were following the NRA. And the beat goes on. So what in the world is this thing? Here is Trump canceling his rallies, canceling the GOP convention in Jacksonville, Florida, which is one of the hotspots of the coronavirus, um, and citing the COVID-19 safety and concerns, his reasons for canceling the GOP convention and his um, pretty much rallies but then you have to ask, what the hell is going on? And he's pushing for kids to go back to schools inside the school buildings. We don't even know how safe it is, COVID-19 related and non-COVID-19 related. He does not give a rat's rump about people's lives and let alone our children. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York State called it right, saying we're not – going to have our children being treated as guinea pigs. And it's so ironic that one of the press reporters, which I wish to applaud right now, rightfully asked, I think it was Kellyanne Conway, well, about President Trump's um, son. Is he, is he going back to school? Is he being kept home? And then she has the audacity to say that, well, that's President Trump's personal and private decision, but she's backing no. him up saying kids must go to school. What yeah. what happens to the other parents having that same courtesy? So I I, you know, I, I, I just think this whole situation is bad, Michael. In, in every sense of the word, I'm, back, I'm backing you up with with what happens with when the, when when we have when we have the Secretary of Education talk about the kids can go to school, we're going to do social distancing, we're going to take care of everything, da-da-da-da-da-da. Folks, be mindful. That, be mindful that kids are going to we, – everybody has a best friend from school that we always put our arm around and hug on and talk to. Kids are going to be kids. We They love on each other. They talk with each other. They, come on now. This is just common sense. Six feet away from them, from each other, it feels like an eternity being away from each other. And that's what these kids are going through here. And, and mind you, that they're they're. You know what the solution is? They they're gonna have to stay home. That's one part of the solution. They can't get back together. And I think the only yeah. thing we, the only thing we can do, Michael, is give them the opportunity to be on a Zoom conference where they can say, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm doing good over here. I'm doing Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say, Murray. Gosh, you and I think alike. Yeah, it's just it's common sense. We can't we can't put these kids back into into that into the COVID nineteen environment. It's just bad. It's it's just bad thing to do, bad idea. And I think the Secretary of Education can do a better job of telling people it's okay to go back to school. Governor McMaster here in South Carolina is telling everyone um, we're going to open up schools. We're going to see what we're going to do in one, two, three. There's a lot of angst in the state when it comes to whether or not parents are going to let they let these children go back to school. Um, I have I have several nieces and nephews that are, that are school age. I, I hope their their parents are not going to let them go back to school because I've been talking it up to the family here lately, and I think I uh-huh. and, and 
we've been talking it up in the community as well. A lot of people are concerned about the kids going back to school. One thing, one thing I will say, I have been seeing school buses during their routes and doing the routes and, and practicing routes, picking up kids. Um, that's a clear sign that we schools are going to be opening up. My main concern is, everyone, if, when this does happen, the moment that a child gets COVID-19 and, and the spread happens, you can actually spread this thing out over 300 kids. And then there you go. You have 300 kids with COVID-19. This is this is some serious stuff we're getting into. First thing I want to do. I'm sorry. I want I we want to, to remind. Go ahead, Michael. Sorry, Mary, we need to we need to remind everybody. Since you're mentioning kids, how forgetful kids could be when they cough or sneeze right. if they don't cover their mouths. Exactly. How many That's people forget that part? You know, I and a lot of people have blasted Trump for he's saying that oh, go homeschooling or learning remotely. That's the easy way out. Easy way out. Everybody get back to school. Open up the schools. That. SOB. No. Can you use the letters SOB? It, it, Maybe not. It's already but, done. <laughs> but, but, I didn't want to say the word. But <laughs> the thing is, is that the nerve of him saying taking the easy way out, what in the world has he done throughout his entire life, ladies and gentlemen, taking the easy way out with his bone spurs and um you know, misusing the military and not having it served a day in his life. So always cheating, always trying to take the shortcuts. It's all in, and I'm still have yet to read um, the book, and I'm looking to get the audio book. His niece, Mary um, Trump, and the tell-all in that book is out on, um, I picked it's it up book. from my local store. It's, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon too, folks. If you want to check out that book as well, folks. What we're going to do because we only we we're we're we've gone over in our showtime, and I'm a, I want to do this before I go because the president is talking about hydro uh, the uh, hydrochloroquine again. It's, it's back in the news one more time. We also want to talk about this doctor who came forward and was saying some stuff that's not possible. I want to give the facts about COVID-19. The mask, a medical mask, don't cause carbon dioxide intoxication or oxygen deficiency. Medical masks are also known as surgical masks are flat or pleated masks that attach to the head with straps and loops. If worn for a long time, they can be uncomfortable. However, wearing them for a long time does not lead to carbon dioxide or intoxication or oxygen deficiency. Drinking alcohol won't prevent COVID-19. Drinking alcohol will not protect you against COVID-19. Consuming too much alcohol can increase your risk of other health problems. Yes, it can. The big one that the, that the president started was consuming bleach or disinfectants is dangerous and won't prevent COVID-19. Folks, don't do this one. Please don't do this Please. one, right? Please don't do this. I second that. Please do not do that. Don't, We're don't. saving lives. He doesn't want to. Don't do the bleach, folks. Bleach and other disinfectants are poisons. Do not spray, drink, or otherwise put them in your body. Under any circumstances, they should be only used to carefully disinfect services. Next. Drinking methanol, ethanol is dangerous and won't prevent 
or cure COVID-19. Methanol and ethanol are poisons. Drinking them will not kill the COVID-19 virus in your body. It can cause disability or death. Methanol and ethanol are sometimes used as cleaning products that can be used to carefully disinfect surfaces. Holding your breath isn't a test for the COVID-19. Being able to hold your breath for 10 seconds or more without coughing or feeling discomfort does not mean you are free from COVID-19 or any lung disease. The best way to confirm if you have COVID-19 is through a laboratory test. Next, eating garlic doesn't cure COVID-19. Garlic is is a healthy food that may kill microbes, but there is no evidence that it protects people from COVID-19. The best way to protect yourself from COVID-19 is keep safe, distance from others, and clean your hands frequently and thoroughly. Last but not least, young people can young people can get sick too. Full age folks, people of all ages can be infected by COVID-19. Everyone, no matter how old, should practice prevention measures such as cleaning your hands and regularly keeping a safe distance from others. Folks, that's a big one because we're talking about the kids. Okay. Last but not least, heating, heat and humidity doesn't stop the spread of COVID-19. You can catch COVID-19 no matter how sunny or hot the weather is. Countries with hot weather will have reported cases of COVID-19. The best way to protect yourself is to keep safe distance from others, clean your hands, and, and frequently eating hot peppers won't cure the COVID either, folks. Peppers may be tasty, but they don't. They can't prevent a cure, uh, or can't prevent or cure COVID-19. The best way to protect yourself is keep distance from everywhere. No drugs have been proven to cure or treat COVID-19. Antibiotics, as well. Hot baths doesn't prevent COVID-19. Cold or snow don't prevent COVID-19. Pneumonia vaccines don't prevent COVID-19. Hand dryers and and Regularly rinsing your nose with saline doesn't prevent COVID-19. Man, we ha- folks, if you want to find this information, you can find this information on the World Health Organization website. Also, it's being posted on Facebook as well under the COVID-19 Information Center. You can find these find this information. I would recommend everyone print this thing out, post it up in the house, on your refrigerator where everybody can see it. When you pass by there, it's going to catch your eye. And you can read this information and share it with everyone in your household. Also, please share it with your friends, families, loved ones, everybody you come in contact with because it's best to do this. The president continues to go after Dr. Fauci, which I think is the wrong thing to do. Um, before Donald Trump took office, Barack Obama and Joe Biden had a pandemic team in place. Donald Trump disbanded the team, everyone. So that's why we're having these issues right now. And so. These are reasons why we need to get out to vote and vote Donald Trump out of office. America, it's time to turn the corner. Michael, before we go, what do you think about all these things surrounding COVID-19? You know, it's funny that the media was saying that Trump has had a shift in um, tone um, change his tone and his voice and all that. Um, 
I didn't believe it at first because to me it was the same falsehoods and gotten even worse from Trump. And then it dawned on me. He did or does have a shift in tone. And that is just like on the gears of a car, reverse drive, reverse drive. The guy has been going back, forth, back, and forth, back, and forth with one um, ridiculous, God-forsaken um, rhetoric and falsehood after another, after another, after another, and then we'd be like a clock or a wheel of fortune hitting up that stroke of midnight around and around and around. One moment is COVID-19, another moment is the Black Lives Matter, another moment is um, the veterans are rigged, and we all know the falsehoods and the claim of fake news. And just as you said earlier, Murray, that now we're back to this so-called COVID-19 drug that's been disproven once already. Why in the world is it back in the headlines again? Because of Donald J. Trump. So you see how we're getting going around and around this circle? You know, the American people could be getting dizzy from all this nonsense. You know, I agree. Figuratively, I agree 100%. figuratively speaking. I agree 100%. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We are with the voice of the people, Michael, and myself tonight. We want to... We oh, want before to, we go. I'm go sorry, ahead, Michael. Before we go, uh, uh, can we give any kind of um, thoughts regarding Joe Biden's pick? Well, I, you know what? I wanted to save that for... I wanted to save that for later because... Joe's, Joe has yet to make a decision. I think he's going to make the decision over the weekend. We'll see. I wish he would hurry up because there are so many things that we need to get done. And this VP pick should have been done a long time ago. Hey, folks, I'm being bombarded by the DNC with letters and letters and more letters encouraging people to get out to vote. I'm asking everyone to do that. I know my good friend Michael is doing the same thing um, when he has the opportunity oh, yeah. to speak on air with everyone. Um, if you know somebody who hasn't who hasn't registered to vote, we encourage you to um, get the registration forms. I have a few here at home that I pass on to young people and have them register to vote, um, which is a good thing. We should be doing that right now. Um, my concern is is we if we don't vote, the numbers will catch up to us, um, folks. I know I'm saying something that I may regret. Okay, here we go. Polling is polling. We did the same type polling with Hillary Clinton, and she she was leading in the polls up until the election. Now, Joe Biden is doing the same thing. He's leading in states where Hillary was leading in states, too, prior to the election. Joe is leading in Florida. He's leading in Pennsylvania. He's leading in Minnesota. He's leading across. He's leading in California. He's leading in Arizona. He's he's leading in Texas slightly. And that will be historic if Texas goes blue for the first time in 50 years. We're going to make some history, I think, folks. We'll see. I just have my concerns. You know what the uh, difference is, though? Yep. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. I, I kind of know what you're thinking. The difference is back in 2016, no one had their eyes and ears out regarding Trump and his um, sinister like. Um, yes. behavior and getting assistance from Putin and Russia. 
people dropped the ball on that one. And if it wasn't for Russia meddling in and even tampering with the election results, as many reports were stating, Trump will not be where he is right now. When it comes to 2020 now, remember, all eyes and ears were open for 2018, and we got the House back. 2019, the same thing, in which many governorships went from red to blue, and now eyes and ears are wide open. All hands are on deck for 2020, not just in this presidential race, but in the race for the Senate to flip the Senate to Democrat as well to really start righting the wrongs of this administration and, if I can say, the partners in crimes, Republicans that are in Congress that need to be voted out, and perhaps a good number of them need to be impeached and removed, as we, as we have seen and heard more criminal revelations going on, like Matt Gates, for example, um, yes. which we could yeah. discuss in the future, but it's one scandal after another with these Republicans. Uh, absolutely. We, got a, we got a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. But one thing I want to encourage everyone is watch these races. You have to watch the race in South Carolina. Jamie Harrison, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is leading by one point, one percentage point in state. Also, we have to watch Kentucky, where the where the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, is going to be in a battle with Amy McGrath. Tell you what, folks, this stuff is going down. I have a feeling we're going to flip the Senate, too. And if we get control of the Senate, that means we, 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 we are assured to get a liberal voice on the Supreme Court. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to. We have to do some flipping. I encourage everyone to do their homework. It's very it's, yep. we. We are in a very precarious time in America right now. I um, don't want to get into a religious philosophy tonight, but I'll say that for another show. Um, we have to make sure that we continue to do our efforts, everyone. And please, I want to encourage everyone to continue to, to, to stay together, stay in love and be in peace with each other during this, during this unprecedented time in America. Um, now is the time to love on each other, take care of one another um, during these moments. We have lost 150,000 lives to COVID-19. Um, I think it's irresponsible that we have lost that many lives to this, yep. to this pandemic. There's no way around this. There's no way you can clean it up at all in this nation, but accept the truth. Donald Trump is a failure on every level that you can think of. He is a failure, folks. There's no doubt about it in my mind. One thing I will say that people still have malicious attitudes, Michael. There's a lot of Trump oh, supporters. There, there's a lot of Trump supporters who have a malicious attitude toward people of color and diversity in this nation. I'm sorry. And anyone that disagrees with them. I'm sorry, folks. The world will not stay the way you want it. We are in the midst of change. And the winds of change are blowing very hard right now. Hey, folks, again, my name is Murray Riley Jr. You're listening to the Community Call Podcast. I'm on I'm on with the voice of the people, Michael, tonight. And hey, folks, we are way over our time. We want to make sure you guys 
understand we're here for you. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Please leave comments in regarding to this episode of the coronavirus and politics. This is episode 93 of the coronavirus and politics episode episodic um, um, broadcast. Uh, please share this episode with everyone you come in contact with. Please co- leave comments in the comment sections down below. And we appreciate you joining us tonight here for another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. Thank you for listening to the Community Call podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. Join us next time for another rousing episode right here on anchor.fm.